Hey y'all, this is Charlie. We are living, loving, laughing, and grace. My friend, God loves you. He loves you. I want you to say that with me. Say, God loves me. Yes, my friends, it is so true that God loves the whole world, but we also need to make sure that we constantly personalize God's love for us. Jesus loves you. Amen. One of the most powerful songs ever written is Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. This I know. How? How do we know that? For the Bible tells me so. Amen. My friends, say it with me. Say, Jesus loves me. Amen. Your heavenly father, he loves you. He adores you. You are the apple of his eyes. He takes such great delight in you, my friends. And today, I'm so excited to share uh, this word with you. I've just been sitting here having a great time with Jesus as we've been in the word. And um, just to let you know, my little fur baby Dash is here in the room with me. Um, he often comes in here with me when I'm when I'm uh, just hanging out with Jesus and he fell asleep and he just looks so cute and adorable. I have a hard time waking him up to make him leave. So hopefully he'll just stay asleep. <laughs> Amen. But if you hear some scratching around in the background, uh, that's him. But anyways, so we've been sitting here having a great time and I'm going to be sharing from a passage that we've shared from before. But as we know, we can come to the same scripture again and again and again and receive fresh revelation, a fresh impartation from God, because we're not just coming to words on a paper. We are coming to Jesus. My friends, every time you come to the word, you, you are coming to Jesus. So it's like, you could go to the same restaurant with your best friend again and again and again and again. But do you have the exact same experience? No, because you're there with a living, breathing being. Every time we come to the word of God, we are coming to a living, breathing being, the being, amen, Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that in John chapter one, that he is the word and he became flesh. And when we come to the word, looking for Jesus and looking to spend time with Jesus, amen, my friend, that's why we come here. The word comes so alive, amen, and imparts life to us. Hallelujah. You can't be in the presence of Jesus Christ, who is himself life and not receive life into yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. And also the Bible tells us this in Colossians 1:15. It says that he referring to Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So we cannot see God. Mankind cannot see God. But Jesus came and became the very image of the invisible God for us. So we can see just what God is like. My friends, the enemy has kind of worked this. Uh, and I saw it happen in my own life. The separation into our thinking sometimes that wants us to divide Jesus on one side and God on the other. And um, I know I'm not the only one that unfortunately fell for this that I would see Jesus. I always saw Jesus as my best friend and I saw his love for me. I could understand he loved me because I saw, I saw what he did for me at the cross. He gave up his life for me, but I, I let the, the enemy over time give me this idea that God the father 
was always judging me and looking out for mistakes and looking out for reasons to punish me. But my friends, Jesus and God are one, right? We have one God who has three distinct personalities, you could say. God the Father, God the Son, and and God the Holy Spirit. I think and we cannot fully comprehend it, but we could think of it kind of like this. Like you, right, ladies, you could be a mother to your children, but to your husband, you're not a mother, you're a wife. To your own parents, you're a daughter, right? So you're a daughter, you're a mother, and you're a wife. But you're one person. We don't call you three people, <laughs> right? You're one person. So we see that in our God as well, okay? So, but God and Jesus are one. And Jesus came, man even had, they had such a hard time understanding God because he is so good. He is so gracious. He is so loving and patient that we have a hard time understanding it because of our fallen nature. And Jesus came and walked on this earth and unveiled that to us. You know, God knows our weaknesses, the Bible says. In Psalms 103, it says that he knows that we're just dust. He knows how frail we are. He knows how weak we are. And he had every right to judge us. But instead, in essence, it's like he, he came and said, I know you're having trouble understanding this. So see me, touch me, look at me, watch me as I walk among you, as I heal the sick, as I bind up the hearts of the brokenhearted, as I raise the dead back to life, as I, as I provide for the poor. My friends, that is God's will in action. Jesus is God's will in action because he is the very image of God. And when we get confused about who we think God is or what we think he's like or what he might desire for our life, we simply look to Jesus and we see that he never turned away a sinner. Never. He never said, oh, no, you know, actually, you caught me there. I wasn't expecting your sin to be quite that great. Um, you're going to you're going to have to go away. Never, my friends. He his grace swallows up our sin. He is a greater savior than you could ever be a sinner. If we think our sin somehow could, could disqualify us for salvation, if a sin that we commit could cause us to lose our salvation, then what we're saying is that our sin is greater than our savior. That sin is greater than the son of God and his sacrifice and his perfect work at the cross. And if that's possible, we're all lost anyways. My friend, we are talking about the Son of God, God himself. He is our Savior. So there is no sin greater than him. I, I want to say that again, that Jesus Christ is a greater Savior than you could ever be a sinner. And that goes for your lost loved ones in your life as well, my friends. When you see them lost or tangled up in, in sin and brokenness, remind yourself you're not their Savior. Right. Sometimes it can be so hard to not want to try to fix our loved ones. Amen. <laughs> Remind yourself first that you're not their savior and your savior, Jesus Christ, is greater than the sin that they're in. Your savior is greater than the brokenness that they're in. And he is able and willing to save them. Hallelujah. And when we pray for them, we're opening a door. We're opening a door that allows Jesus 
gives them freedom to move in their lives, my friends. Hallelujah. Amen. So Jesus is so good. And Jesus and God are one, my friends. They are one and the same God. And just as Jesus came, and we're going to see, he was not looking for reasons to disqualify people. He was not looking for reasons to judge and punish people. He was looking for any excuse to bless people, to pour out grace and love on people. And that's what we're going to see in today's account from the Gospels, an account where we see that this incredible miracle that takes place has absolutely nothing to do with the man that received it and absolutely everything to do with the love and grace and goodness and faithfulness of our God. Hallelujah, my friends, because guess what? That is encouragement to us. That is our freedom. That is our rest. That is our security. The more we grasp and understand that our salvation and our relationship with the Lord is based on him, the more at rest we will be and the more we will enjoy everything that he's done for us, the more we will receive freely everything that he is freely giving to us. And the more we receive, the more at rest we'll be. And the more at rest we are, the more we will receive, my friends. And I'm talking about that spiritual rest, that soul rest. And you know, those who are the most at rest in their souls are often the most active physically. This isn't a, a being lazy, just a laying around. But you know, when your soul is not at rest, and you're constantly stressed and constantly worried. Even medical science will tell you that that has effects on your physical body. It wears you down. You get caught up in it. And they're finding more and more uh, that, that stress is actually the root cause for most of the medical conditions that we face. Even cancers, my friends, stress and fear. And you know what? The Bible showed us that a long time ago. <laughs> Amen. So let's come to this beautiful account where we're going to see the Lord's love and faithfulness to us by the way he demonstrates that to another individual. In John chapter 5, starting on verse 1, it says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. Say five. Oh, y'all know we love to stop on fives because five is the number for grace. Amen. And you know what else? A little tidbit I can't help sneaking in here. Uh, just as we know that five is the number of grace, in Isaiah 9, 6, which we hear a lot at Christmas time, uh, right? Because it was a prophecy of the Messiah to come. Do you know there are five names of Jesus listed? And now I got to go there and get that scripture for you because I just feel like I want to share it with you. Here we go. Isaiah 9, 6. For a child shall be born to us, a son shall be given to us, and the government shall rest on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. So this is how it's read and reads in most translations. But I want to tell you that Wonderful and counselor in the Hebrew are actually two different names. We often think that wonderful is describing the type of counselor he is, when actually what that word really means, it's not an adjective, it's a noun that means he's wonder making. In other words, he creates miracles. He is a miracle worker. And we see that 
throughout the Gospels. Jesus is your miracle worker. He causes such miracles in your life. It causes us to sit back with wonder, right? He's wonder making. So that's that's one. His name is Counselor. My friends, so many times in our life, what we really need is wisdom. The miracle that we need is wisdom. Wisdom how to handle a situation. Wisdom whether or not to get into a situation, right? Wisdom whether or not to get involved in a relationship. And, and sometimes we need a, a supernatural healing for our body. And sometimes we need, the God to sh- we need God to show us the wisdom of maybe something we don't realize we're doing that's hurting our body or something that would be beneficial to our body. My friends, the Bible tells us the first thing, the priority that we need every day is wisdom. And you know where we get that from? From the Bible, from Jesus. Jesus himself is also called wisdom. And first and foremost, we need Jesus. I love the beautiful circles of the Bible. Amen. So we see that he's, he's a miracle worker. He's our counselor. He's mighty God, eternal father and Prince of Peace, five names to describe our Messiah, our Savior, five, the the number of grace, my friends. He came to bring us grace and truth, not to bring us judgment and more laws and more laws, but to save us out of judgment. Hallelujah. So, amen. Boy, we sure didn't get very far. I told you his words full of so much goodness, but you already know that. That's why you're here listening. So, he says, in these, so, we're back to the porches. So we're in Jerusalem and we're, we're where these porches are. And it says, in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool, say at a certain time, at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. My friends, listen, this is what it was like under the Old Testament. God has always wanted to bless man. He's always had a heart to bless man. But in the Old Testament, the people had to wait for certain seasons and for the timing of God. Everything is done in God's timing. But now that Jesus has come, Jesus himself declared that now is the favorable time of the Lord. We are still living in the favorable time of the Lord. It's no longer these certain moments. But ever since Jesus Christ was crucified and raised again from from the grave, we have been under the favorable time of the Lord these past 2,000 plus years, which means what? It means that his grace is always pouring down. His goodness is always pouring down. We can receive from him at any time because we are in the favorable time of the Lord, my friends. Hallelujah. Say that with me. Say we are in the favorable time of the Lord. Hallelujah. And, um, and Jesus taught that to us in one of his very first sermons that he preached. So going on, it says that, um, so what would happen is, is the sick people gathered around this pool because every so often an angel would come down and touch it. And when they saw the waters moving, whoever could be the first one to jump in got healed. Now this also shows us the law and because there is some self effort that comes, comes from you, right? So as we're going to see, if you're blind, how do you see your way to the pool? How do you see if the water's moving? Right? If you're paralyzed, how do you get yourself there? And it kind of shows us, my friends, that's exactly the problem with the law. The law that God gave, there's nothing wrong with it. It's perfect. The problem is our own weakness, 
our own inability to be perfect ourselves. And just like this bless, these blessings were a result of your own effort. Well, if, if you're lame, how do you get into the pool? If you're blind, how do you see that it's moving? Right? It shows us our own weakness. Oh, but God's so good, right? Here we go. We're going to keep going. It says, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? That seems like a funny question, right? This man has been infirmed and laying there for 38 years. And Jesus comes up and says, do you want to be made well? Well, it sounds funny, but actually, my friends, in a way, it, it kind of depends. We can get used to being disabled. We can get used to being sick, right? Sometimes it's, it's like people enjoy the extra attention that they get. I'm not saying this of everybody, right? Uh, this is your first time listening. The Lord has been healing me of many conditions uh, for quite some time now, and I spent many years uh, unable to even get out of my bed. Uh, and, and, and I did not enjoy it. I did want to be healed. Right. But you know, what's interesting is there was this period of time where the Lord had healed me and I was, I was strong enough to begin moving, moving around my house and stuff. Actually, I had, I had been healed quite a bit, but it took, uh, several, quite a few years and I didn't mean to, but I, I'm so used to my husband doing everything that there would be things that I could do myself, but I would just forget. Like I can load the dishes in the dishwasher. Not that I don't want to, but it's like he had been doing like all the daily affairs of our life for so long. It just didn't even cross my mind anymore because of all those years that I couldn't do it. Right. So even sometimes now I will still catch myself not putting something away. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, I can do that. <laughs> Right? I'm still learning to live life healthy and whole again. Um, and sometimes people get so used to that condition or in some cases, like in our country where you can receive a sub substance, you know, you can, you can, you actually get paid for disabilities. And again, this is not the majority of people, right? But there are cases like that. And I believe that's why Jesus said, you know, because if you're made well, it's time to get up and go back to work, right? And, and, and all the friends and family stop coming over, feeling sorry for you, bringing homemade dishes and homemade casseroles and, and taking care of you, right? It's time to get up and go back to, to living life. So it's really not that odd of a question. Jesus knowing our weakness and our human nature. And we're also going to see something else. It's even more than that. So the sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. There we go. That's what I was just talking about because he's, he's, uh, it sounds like he's lame. He, he has no ability to walk. I have no one to put me into the pool. He can't receive of this healing. And he says, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. So I imagine he would be dragging himself along maybe with his elbows trying to get to the water and then someone else maybe that's that's deaf or maybe someone else that's um, maybe is blind but has someone else there to lead them. They run right past him and jump into the pool and now he can't receive the, the healing. Also can kind of reference making excuses, right? 
Sometimes we make excuses not to believe for the things that God wants us to believe for. The Lord is always saying, hey, do you want to be healed? Hey, do you want a better life? Hey, do you want more life? Hey, do you want to live the abundant life I have for you? Hey, this is where I want you to pursue. Here's the, here's the dream that's been in your heart since you're a child. I want you to pursue that. And we think things like, I don't know, Lord, I, I didn't get the proper education. I think it's too late now. I'm getting old. Please don't tell the Lord that he does not like to hear that you're getting old. <laughs> okay. I, you know, I, I don't have enough money. I don't have anyone to help me. Excuses, right? Anything before the Lord is excuses because he is God almighty. And he is also what the Bible tells us. God is love because he is love. He wants to help you. Because he's almighty, he has the ability to help you. Hallelujah. So this man says this, and you know what? Jesus is like, we're just going to skip all this and get, get right to the point. Jesus says to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Now, my friends, I want you to catch this. So we know the man gets his, his healing. So he was paralyzed. He couldn't walk. Or for whatever reason, he, he couldn't walk. And he hadn't been able to walk for 38 years. And then Jesus comes on the scene, says, do you want to be made well? Listen to this answer again. The sick man answered him, sir, sir. This man doesn't even know who he's talking to. He doesn't know he's talking to Jesus. He doesn't call him a prophet. He doesn't even bother to call him a teacher like the Pharisees did. At least they called him rabbi or teacher that for this man when Jesus came up to him he's like a man walking just out of the blue just any other guy that's there sir but did that stop him from getting his miracle <laughs> no my friend because his miracle wasn't based on who he was wasn't based on his abilities wasn't based on his education, wasn't based on the good things he had or hadn't done. What good things? He's been laying there for 38 years. His miracle was based on Jesus' love for him and Jesus' faithfulness to go find him and get him and help him. Does that shock you? I've, I've always been taught that we have to have this great amount of faith you know, b before I was introduced to the true gospel of grace uh, by Pastor Prince. But I grew up with the teaching that to really receive anything of God, we've got to have like this perfect faith and you've got to be a super Christian. By the way, there are no super Christians. <laughs> Christ is the super one. Amen. Um, and we are placed in Christ. But everything we receive, starting with our salvation, we receive out of his love my friends, because of his faithfulness to carry out a perfect work at the cross, because of his perfect sacrifice, because of the grace of God. And the very definition of grace is that it's unearned, undeserved, and unmerited favor of God. In fact, I love it in the Amplified Translation. When you see the word grace in the New Testament, it will put in parentheses for you, the unmerited favor of God. This man deserved no favor from Jesus. He didn't even call him Lord. He didn't call him Savior. He didn't even call on him. He didn't show, he didn't show up at one of Jesus' teachings and preachings where he was healing people. 
He just did what he's been doing every day for the last 38, day, 38 years. And Jesus sought him out. And Jesus healed him. My friends, that's how each and every one of us came to know Jesus in the first place. He seeks us out. We're so lost, we don't even know we need a Savior. And he's so good to us. You know, maybe you have had those, those teachings that to receive whatever breakthrough or miracle it is that you need, it's somehow based on you. And that's exactly why you're listening today. This is your loving Savior. This is your loving Abba, Daddy God, reaching out to you, calling you to say, hey, just look to me. See how much I love you. See how much I desire to take care of that for you. My friends, listen to this. Miracles are acts of love. Jesus giving to someone who has nothing to give back. They are acts, they're gifts of grace. They are gifts of grace and acts of love from a God who loves us so much. Come on now. He gave up his one and only son. None of us have anything that we can give back to God that he didn't first give to us. So every healing, every breakthrough, every good and beautiful, like the Bible says, every good and perfect gift, every good and perfect thing in your life, my friends, was a gift from a God who loves you, a perfect heavenly father who loves you. And it is all based on his grace. And you know what, y'all? We are going to have to stop right there. I am so sorry, uh, but this has been absolutely blessed and wonderful. Jesus is so good to us. He is here with us, loving on us. I pray that you are just feeling his, his loving presence in your heart, my friends, and know that he cares for you so very deeply. He loves you so very deeply. Remember, his love is like that great big mountain we talked about in the beginning of the year, a mountain that we, we love to take the journey. We enjoy the journey up it. But on this side of heaven, we will never get to the top because his love is just so great for us. Okay, my friends, well, we have so much more to talk about. So join back in in the next podcast uh, because I know that you're going to be blessed. Okay, my friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and grant you his peace. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Until next time, keep on living, loving, laughing, and grace.